0: Thank you. welcome to the confluence of ideas the confluence investment management podcast today we're going to be looking at the firm's asset allocation positioning for the third quarter of 2020 there have been some changes this quarter in the recommended weighting of certain assets and we'll see how these changes are reflected in each of the four confluence cyclical etf investment strategies which are income with growth growth and income growth and aggressive growth. Our guest is Greg Elston, who serves as investment officer for asset allocation for Confluence Investment Management. And in that role, Greg leads the Confluence Asset Allocation Investment Committee. Greg, let's first talk about your broad outlook for the U.S. economy. It's been an eventful three months, but you're continuing to look for a deep yet brief U.S. recession. How deep?
1: Well, eventful is an understatement, Bill, but we believe that the depth has already been plumbed. Therefore, the economic numbers that are currently being reported are representative of the worst of this recession, at least in our estimation. The issue now is how quickly we can climb out.
0: What increases your confidence about the timing of a recovery?
1: The response of the Federal Reserve has been remarkable. Through their alphabet soup of programs initiated in March, they helped make sure that this crisis wasn't magnified by financial difficulties as as it has been in just about every prior recession. With the financial markets functional, we believe that the underlying economy will adapt to the health crisis, which will lead to recovery and even the potential of an expansion towards the latter stages of our three year forecast period.
0: Once it begins, will the recovery and expansion take a long time?
1: Well, the health crisis continues and adaptations are never quick. The severity of the economic coma, as you call it, will have continuing implications for the survival of a number of businesses. We think that we will slowly grind forward and the repair will be long in duration.
0: Will inflation be a problem in, in light of the Fed's dramatic expansion of its balance sheet?
1: Near term, we don't see inflation becoming an issue even with the huge balance sheet expansion. If you're speaking of asset inflation, then yes, the balance sheet expansion may be a cause. If you're speaking of inflation of goods and services, we don't view this as becoming prominent within our forecast period. We think that much of the added liquidity will rest on the sidelines, which will further dampen the velocity of money and therefore not exert price pressures on goods and services.
0: Through all this, Confluence Investment Management has continued to hold a favorable view of equities. Why? Phil, given an economic recovery, equities should fare well. Granted that they
1: recovered really quickly from the depths of March, yet the prospects going forward are still positive. And to tie in your last question, equities would naturally be a portion of asset
0: price inflation. Within equities, growth stocks, Greg, in the recent past, have been recommended overweight. Now the recommendation is even weight with value. Why the adjustment?
1: Previously, the overt overweight to growth was augmented and even amplified by overweights to the quality factor as well as sector overweights to technology, communication services, and consumer discretionary, which are all pretty growth-oriented. Although this gross overweight was beneficial last quarter, we determined that for the envisioned market environment. The sector overweights on their own are well-positioned, and we should reduce that growth overweight to a neutral growth value posture.
0: You like the uh, outlook for lower capitalization stocks. Why?
1: Not only are lower capitalization stocks attractive on fundamental valuations, in fact, at historic levels, they typically perform very well at the beginning of and into an economic recovery.
0: How about foreign stocks?
1: Well, as with lower capitalization stocks, foreign stocks hold favorable valuations relative to U.S. counterparts. However, for a U.S.-based investor, a strong dollar is a headwind. Therefore, until we find a durable catalyst for a weaker dollar, we'll remain void in foreign-developed stocks. Now, emerging market stocks are a different matter. We think that as global supply chains are reconfigured and China continues to press on their stimulus accelerator, uh, emerging market equities should perform well. Note that China now accounts for 40% of the weight to the MISCI Emerging Market Index. When you add Taiwan and Hong Kong, that number rises above 50% of the index.
0: Greg, turning to the election, does the U.S. election carry a significant risk for the stock market?
1: Great question. And over our forecast period of three years, the research from our chief market strategist indicates that while the path may diverge in the interim, the ultimate effect on equities are similar regardless of the results in November. That's not to say that all equities will be treated equally. As an example, should both houses of the legislature and administration swing Democrat, there will naturally be winners and losers among companies, industries, and sectors. But The net effects across all stocks in the aggregate should be roughly equivalent by the end of the third year, regardless of who captures the flag in November.
0: Turning to bonds, you say long-term treasuries have run out of steam. Why?
1: Well, maybe not running out of steam, but the potential for continued outsized returns is pretty much countered by an increased level of risk. Our belief is that the utility of long treasuries to act as a stabilizer for equity volatility is eclipsed by precious metals, particularly gold. Moreover, we think that gold has healthier upside potential, especially as the federal budget deficit swells the issuance of treasuries and investors overseas have moved from net purchasers to net sellers of
0: treasuries. Now, within uh, short- and intermediate-term bonds, do you favor any move toward high yield?
1: With your permission, Phil, I'll answer your question a little bit more broadly. In the short- and intermediate-term space, we find the Fed's rescue of the corporate bond market provides us with the confidence to overweight investment-grade corporates over treasuries. Regarding high yield, Mm while we retained the small allocation that was initiated at the end of March, we find enough challenges for the speculative bond space over the rest of this year to keep us from adding additional exposure at this juncture.
0: Moving on to, uh, to REITs, Greg, what about your overview of REITs? REITs are
1: no longer comprised simply of commercial and retail properties. They're pretty broad-based and have
0: expanded
1: to include data centers, storage, and cell towers. Retail and offices now represent less than 20% of the REIT index. So we find that REITs offer a diversified income stream from diverse sources that help the strategies where income is a primary component.
0: You're increasingly favorable toward gold. Could you explain why?
1: Well, as noted earlier, gold does serve as a stabilizer in the event of equity, volatility, and heightened geopolitical risk. Beyond this role, our research has found that large U.S. fiscal deficits as well as coordinated easing by global central banks have been positive for the price of gold.
0: I think it's time, Greg, to look quickly at each of the strategies, beginning with uh, income with growth. What's the most significant change here as we move into the new quarter?
1: Well, Bill, underscoring what we discussed earlier, we eliminated the long-term treasury portion in favor of gold and short bonds and moved some of the large-cap allocation to mid-cap.
0: There are more modest changes within the growth and income strategy. What are they?
1: Echoing what we did in income with growth, all the long-term treasury exposure and growth and income was sold, with the proceeds being used to increase mid-cap and small-cap exposure. We also added a small allocation of silver.
0: And moving on to the other two strategies, not a lot of changes in the growth and aggressive growth strategies. Why not?
1: Well, simply because both strategies were modified dramatically at the end of March, where the bond stabilizers were eliminated and moved to equities. The central premise that existed last quarter of a sharp downturn and elongated recovery remained, which should be favorable for equities. And as we're at the maximum exposure to stocks in both of these strategies, the only changes that we made were moving from a significant tilt to growth, to being neutral growth in value and allowing the sector overweights to slightly tilt to growth.
0: I was curious, Greg, would you say the fact that you're only making minor changes to these final two strategies is a validation of of your previous recommendations and your process?
1: You're entirely correct. Our overall outlook hasn't changed since last quarter, and as a result, the modifications were minor.
0: I was also curious, in light of all of these dramatic economic events that have been occurring, was this a particularly difficult quarter for the Confluence Asset Allocation Committee to get a handle on?
1: Compared to both of the prior quarters this year, our cyclical meetings at the start of July were very straightforward. Put it in context, at the beginning of the year, we were de-risking the strategies. And last quarter, we held our cyclical meetings nearly a month early to increase the risk exposures and capture attractive prices. Both of these efforts entailed extensive deliberations and analysis. Although we never deviate from our process, this quarter was more streamlined as we reaffirmed our overall thesis and made only modest adjustments to the
0: strategies. Thank you, Greg. This has been the Confluence of Ideas and our guest today has been Confluence Investment Officer for Asset Allocation, Greg Elston. You can find links to the Confluence Asset Allocation written reports weekly and quarterly under the Research and News heading on the front page of confluenceinvestment.com. And if you're interested in an overview of how the Confluence Asset Allocation Committee vision works, how the committee is constructed and operates. We invite you to listen to our podcast number nine, titled The Confluence Asset Allocation Process. And you'll find a link to a landing page to all of our podcasts on the front page. Our discussion today is based upon sources and data believed to be accurate and reliable. We wish to state that opinions and forward-looking statements expressed are subject to change without notice. This information does not constitute a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security. You can also find us on Twitter at ConfluenceIM. Our engineer is Dane Stoll. I'm Phil Adler.